Aloha. Aloha. Many of you may know my story. Many of you may not know my story. But when I was 18 years old, I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, began a relationship with the Lord Jesus in Sin City, right? It doesn't make sense. It's an oxymoron kind of deal. But I met Jesus in, in Sin City, Las Vegas. And, when I, and I was a musician growing up, played the ukulele, played the bass, played all the stringed instruments, played a little saxophone and trumpet growing up as well. But what I could not play was piano. And so I went to a church, the church I got saved at, they needed a keyboard player. So I just said, hey, can I be a part of the band? I wanted to belong somewhere. And so literally I had this cheap like $30 Casio piano. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The little 61 key, lightweight, very cheap stuff. And, and, and like I taught myself how to play the, the, the keyboard in one week. Literally, I learned every chord in one week. And so, uh, and I tried to boast of myself. That's how much I, I loved music. And so, but what happened down the road, my Casio piano broke. So we were in service, and we were having a God-filled moment, like how we were just having right now. And then you heard in the servant, the sound guy. We thought we were in the books of Acts chapter 2, waiting for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come upon us right? Not really, okay? I mean, it didn't sound like a Russian win. It sounded more like just technical difficulties. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I get some technical difficulties, right? Uh, physically and spiritually, you know what I'm saying, Hawaiians? Hawaiians at hot. And that's the reality. So, so it was, they found out that it was my Casio Keyboard. Now, could you imagine? I'm, I'm the youngest brother in the worship band. All of these uncles and, and guys are way older than me, and so they dogged on me. They teased me. Man, it's, it's, it's time, Hawaiian, for you to get one new keyboard, okay? So I went to the local guitar center. Anybody been to guitar center, right? Anybody in here? Okay, all three of you. Praise the Lord Jesus. You guys got to go mainland and check it out. It's like Disneyland for musicians, okay? And so we, I go to Guitar Center, and then I saw the keyboard of my dreams, all right? The only problem was I worked at Kmart as a warehouse clerk. And I made $7 an hour, Hawaiian, minimum wage, right? And, and, and when I got there, right, uh, it, it, the guy showed me how the keyboard works, and everybody was using this. I mean, Puff Daddy was using this. I mean, oh, P. Diddy, whatever, Combs is his name today, whatever, yeah? Whatever the deal is, yeah? So uh, he had some technical difficulties with his name too, I guess, right? And there, yeah, but, but everybody was using this in the studio. They're using this keyboard. But wasn't comma Ina rate? Can I get a witness there, right? <laughs> Heinz, I get in there. And the brother, after doing it, like, like, sells the keyboard to me. Like, I'm ready to buy it that day, that moment. And this bugger telling me, oh, it's $2,000. I go from a $30 Casio keyboard to a 2000 Prospect keyboard, right? And so what happened was, I was like, I wanted it. That's how much I wanted. So, so I, got, I, I was loaned a other Casio keyboard for the next few months. And then I saved my money up. And so you got to imagine, I didn't have one car. Okay, I had a mountain bike, right? And I lived in Henderson, Nevada. It's right on the line of Las Vegas, okay? And at Henderson, Nevada, there's a hill that I have to ride up every morning, all right? Now, now I was in better shape 
that time, right? You know, everybody say years later. I say pounds later, right? And also, I was better shape. I could ride my bike up that hill, and it was but it's hard work. 4.30, I would wake up in the morning, 5 o'clock, I'm on the bike, and I'm riding up, because by 5.30, I start work at Kmart. I, I drive the forklift. That was my only job, and I did that, but I made $7 an hour. And, I, and so, you guys got to imagine all the effort after, so it took me literally six months to save $2,000, Six months, right? So, so you mean, what is, what is the lesson to this story, right? The lesson to this story is that we cannot just sit and expect things to fall on our lap. We have told each other that we've been saved by God's grace alone. Amen? Meaning that, that we don't deserve it, but he gives it, right? We've been saying that it's not of our works, but it's the work of Christ, right? And, but... There's something that's beautiful that happens when you understand your relationship with the Lord. Man, the, I wanted people to know that I was serious about Jesus. I wasn't this little kanaka maole growing up in a homestead that just say Jesus at the end of my sentences. But I wanted people to know that I really had an ongoing, vibrant relationship with the Lord. Even 18 years old, a brand new convert, a brand new believer in the Lord Jesus. I want people to know that, man, I, man I'm serious about it. So the way I was serious was, these pastors need a new piano, a new keyboard, and I'll show you it. You ready? Here's that new keyboard. Now you may see, you may say, Man, that's a piece of junk, right? Look at that. It looks like a Casio, right? It's dirty because I have a better one these days, right, that I play now. But this still sounds good, all right? This is great. When I got this, hey, I got, to, I got to do studio recording with this. I got to play with Gladys Knight in Las Vegas with this small little piece. Yeah, this Kanaka, right? I got to play. All right? I had a small little portion. I, got, I, got, I, mean, I went to school for music. This became, my, this became my instrument that I used. I've used it for years. Then, then I sold it. I sold this like eight years into my relationship with the Lord Jesus. And then about seven years after that, my friend that I sold it to wanted to give it back to me because he knew I was coming back to Hawaii. And one of the things on the list that was coming back to Hawaii to start the church was a new piano. He said, it's not new, but it has value. And he says, it's your old keyboard. Right? And so, like, like, like this, I, I don't even play it that much, but it has sentiment value. Why? Because when I first came to know Jesus, this was the mission tool that God used to point people to him. <laughs> I worked hard for this, you know? But not as hard as Jesus worked for us. Our work for the Lord is a reflection of our relationship for his work in our hearts. The Lord Jesus did something that this Kanaka could never do for himself or for you all. The Lord Jesus has done so many things that the way we express that is through how we make him known. And so if you're new to our fellowship, we, we usually go through the book, a book of the Bible, and we are right now in the book of the Gospel of Mark, but for the month of November, uh, we have gone away from that Gospel of Mark, and we're just doing a topical series entitled Designed by God. And what we want to do is we want to set up the family in the design God created us to be. Can I get a witness out there, right? And so, and so right now, we're, we're just going to go through different verses that allow us to articulate what it means as a family of God, both individual families and one family joined together in Christ, to see what does it mean to be designed by God in his ohana, hence the name ohana church. 
God's given my wife and I that name years before we even moved back home just because we knew that we, God's heart is for his family. And the world may redefine and redesign what God's family should look like, but in all reality, the way God's family should look like is his son Jesus. We should be the mirror and the reflection of the Lord Jesus. And so for the past few weeks, week number one, we looked at the foundation of the family where it was because of the Holy Spirit of God that we are founded on Christ alone. But last week we looked at the structure of family with one marriage, you know, between a man and a woman for one lifetime. And though some of us have failed in that era, that does not mean God does not love us, but this is what God's design has done for us through Jesus. He will restore that which was lost. And so that's the gospel message, that though we get pilakia, hakaka, and heva over here, God's grace and sufficient is enough for us to be redeemed, but that comes by way of conviction of heart, hearing the gospel, and trusting in Christ as our Lord and our Savior. I want us to look at specific passages. Look at this. When it comes to the mission of the family, I want you to see this biblical truth. The mission of the family is not primarily focused on what is done outside of the home, but rather what is done inside of the home. Can I get a witness right there, right? I mean, uh, parenting is brand new to Lane and myself. If you guys don't know our story real quick, we've, we cannot have children. Therefore, when we planted this church, we actually got to plant a family. So the three Koloe boys, you see yelling in service that actually look like a real pastor's family. Can I get a witness, right? The one that not all they are, those boys are, are our adopted sons. They're not blood. They're not, they're not my coco, all right? They, they're actually from someone else. I have people that we knew growing up, but we got involved in the foster care system. And these boys, uh, though they don't have my coco, we seem to share coco because that blood is the blood of Jesus. Can I get a witness, right? And so these three boys, it's, it's new to us. Well, we're going to celebrate four years next year of having these three boys. Amen? Yeah. Four years. And, and we got the CPS workers in this room today. So you see, you see, God didn't just draw these boys to our family, but with the CPS workers is our family too and all that. But the, the design of God's family is to restore that which was lost. These boys had no, no influence of the gospel. Today they're saying, yes, Jesus loves me, right? As, as kind of cool, I screamed all last night because ever since we started watching the new Grinch movie, you guys didn't watch that. No, take your little three-year-old Hawaiian to that movie, okay? They're all nuts. They scared of the, He thinks there's uh, Grinch all the time in his closet and all that. So I had to lay down on the ground and, and, and lay with him and sleep with him. And, you know, when he knock out, we do the, we do the trick cap, Aaron. When he knock out, we gone, right? We get into our room. Hour later, he coming into our room, right? That's the reality, huh? And, and, but that's the reality. God's design for us is not so much uh, what happens outside of the home as what happens inside of the home. And so parenting is new. But one thing I understand about, uh, about parenting is I was, a, I was a cakey once, right? I was a child once. And not only that, I, I served my first 12 years of ministry. I was a youth pastor. And there was two conflicts that we had in the youth ministry. Number one, a lack of parent participation. Can I get a witness of those of you who take your kids in there, right? Kikis, all one of you, amen, right? Number two, right? Parents expecting me and the other leaders to be their child's number one primary spiritual advisor. Right, America, we, we have done very bad with that as a nation. We tried to pawn off our, our kids and our children on other people because either we're incompetent or we're lazy. And so we let the TV, right, 
babysit our kids. We let the neighbor down the road babysit our kids. We let our kids go anywhere. Therefore, their lifestyle reveals wherever they put their effort and energy in. But I want us to look at what the Bible says about our kuleana, what it means to, to, to parent, because that is really the mission of the family. The mission of the family is to learn how to be better stewards of the lives God has given us in our home. I heard the author said this once, raising teenagers is like trying to nail jello to the tree. If you did not get that, you need to go back to school, y'all, right? Now, raising teenagers is like trying to nail jello to a tree. Simple as this. You can't nail jello to the tree, Hawaiian. Simple as that. Aole. No can happen, bro. Aole, you know, right? No can happen. And so the reality is for us, we have to invest our lives in these kids even when we don't want to. You think the crap starts, stops with the diapers. It just continues on after the diapers. And I'm talking so much about the thing that come out of the backside as about what come out of the front side. The language we use, the, the things we And some of you may not understand this because you're so wallowed up in your own heaven. Your own sin. Uh, Roy Pettifield says this, despite the emotional, intellectual, physical, and spiritual turbulence that surrounds them, teenagers, more than anything else, teens want meaningful relationships. Can I get a witness out there, right? With healthy adults. When they cannot get that, they will settle for other people, things, and experiences. Did you know that the number has gone up with teenagers who grew up in church? that leave the church. Over 90% of our teenagers in the church of America will leave the church never to come back after they graduate high school. Never to come back. Why? Why was that? I believe it's because we have so much other things that teach us how to design our children rather than what Christ says. And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm trying to teach reality. And so what we need to go, we need wisdom. Can I get a witness, right? We need manao. We need ike. We, we need to understand what is God's design for parenting, for, for the family. What is the mission of the family? And, and so what we need to do is we need to go to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is, the, is a book of uh, poetry. Uh, it is found all the way in the Old Testament. Can I get a witness, right? And it basically is a book of, of wisdom from a father to a son. Uh, we see that this father and son has a great relationship. Therefore, the, son is teaching, he, uh, the father is teaching his son what it means to be designed by God in both obedience and nature. In our nature of being God's child, in our nature of being a human child of our father and mother, and in our obedience to God with what we have. And so here's a biblical truth for all of us. The mission of a family is to raise children to look like Christ and not like the world. Now, that was volumes last week. Now, I don't know if you are, but we are strict on our kids, who they hang out with, what they see, what they hear. And all you may say, well, you got to let them feel the world. And that's why a lot of children are leaving the church. I don't want them to experience stuff that's going to cause them to fall. I'm the father. It is my kuleana, it is my gift, my makana, 
to trust with God what he's given to me. I am a steward of my child's heart. I am a steward of my wife's heart. I'm a steward of my own heart. Uh, what I say, what I do is ultimately going to overflow in what my kids say and what my kids do. And I pray that it's good things. Things that are credible, things that are honorable, things that are joyful, things that give life and not give death. As a football coach, that's why I coach football. Yeah, I can teach all the X's and O's. Yeah, I can teach all the drills and all that. But my biggest joy is to teach them about Jesus, to teach them about God, even if that's in the form of a character class once a week. I'll take it. God has given us this relationship to develop uh, these children to know Jesus even more. So I want to give you, we usually go through verses of the Bible, verse by verse, but I just want to give you seven tips. It's a little different. I've never done this in the history of our church, okay? So, so bear with me, but I'm going to give you seven parenting tips in relation to God's design. Number one, train your child to follow the Lord. If you believe that, say that with me. One, two, three. Train your child to follow the Lord. Look at Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he or she should what? Go. Even when he is old, he will not what? Depart from it. Now, it's not saying that they will depart from it in the time period. Guilty, right? I grew up in a Christian household. It's very evident that Christianity didn't come real to me until I was 18, right? But from around 12 to 18, I was your Kolohe brother in this town of Hilo, all right? I love canoe paddling, not because of my culture, because what happened after canoe races. You know why they get, you know, they, they all blame that they get thing around the judges' stand because of the homeless, the fence, like that. No, because all the pilaw things that we did back then, probably, right? Uh, that's the reality. We, we, there, there's so much things that I grew up that did not look like God, though I was in a God-centered, gospel-centered family. And it's true for me. My, my kids may turn away from the Lord. That does not mean I did not be faithful with the gospel. Be faithful, all right? Model it. Be an example of it. One of the biggest issues for young teens, specifically teenagers, is, following, is them having a model to follow Christ. We expect these kids to grow up in church just to do the right thing, but we don't develop them. We don't train them. We don't allow them to screw up. If we don't allow them to screw up, how are they going to learn? Now, ultimately, we don't want them to keep on screwing up in the same way, right? We want them to grow. We want them to know God, and we want to turn them from their wicked ways. But look at Ephesians 6, 4. It says, fathers, do not what? Provoke. Let's stop right there. All right? Anytime in the scriptures, they use men as the example for all mankind. So this is for mothers as well. But you see, fathers, do not provoke your child to anger. I can promise you, knowing most of you in this room, you are naturally inclined to provoke. You can point fingers all day long in this room. Turn them right to yourself, Hawaiian. We are naturally provo provokers. And so, I've seen it yesterday. I've seen it the day before yesterday. I see it every day, right? And I'm pointing to myself, right? It's easier to, to pick immaturity over maturity. 
It's the way we are wired in our flesh that we would pick the immature side of pro and, and hey, let me tell you, I was doing this, uh, this survey just on myself on Facebook. It's, hey, to some of you parents, what are some things that are wins and some challenges that has helped you develop your child? And one of them says, don't say anything you will regret in the future. Some of you, how you talk to your kids? You cuss at them, you degrade them, and you wonder why they messed up. Don't say things that you're going to regret. Everybody, grab your heart right now. Say me. me. No, say that. Okay. I know it's not proper, but you better tell yourself that it means me, right? Do not say anything you will regret. You may think there's no value or there's no weight. There is value. There is weight. You may say sticks and stones, no break my bones. Well, I will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Words is starting wars on the political schemes of our nation today. The president said this. The da-da-da said this. Words hurt. That's why God used words to save people. Right? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Don't say words you would regret. Don't provoke your child. All right? Don't, don't, don't make them be angry, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Train your child to read the Bible. I've been so excited because we took it up to a whole nother level for our family. We meet every morning before the boys go to school, and we just read through the children book Bible. And man, it's been so awesome to see how God has brought our, our boys theologically. We're doing the Red Sea about the story of Moses and what it meant for the, the sea to split up in two and the, the Israelites to walk through on that wet, soggy land. And, and Kainalu said, I asked Kainalu, well, what does this mean? He says, that's one way to Jesus. Right? Like, like, that's what it represents. That's what we want people to, to figure out, right? Well, uh, and, and, and then you got, and then you got um, Kainakoa singing this God-forsaken song that all the football boys sing and all that. Hey, Kiki, are you in? Whatever the stuff, right? And they're like, oh, my goodness. And, like, he doesn't even know the words, so he's making up words, you know? You know, hey, Nalu, are you with me? You know that? Like, you doing Backstreet Boys in the beginning? What's going on? Like, like, like you, you gotta be very intentional of training your child to follow the Lord. Number two, discipline your child formatively and correctively. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says it this way: Whoever spares the rod, come on, for some of you uh, soft parents today. And now, 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 when I mean soft, I mean soft. <laughs> not pushy, no, 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 no. There is no liberalism up on this stage. I'm not a lefter, I'm not a writer. I'm straightforward, right? <laughs> Whoever spares the rod, say it with me, Hawaiians, hates. Hold up, hold up. Can you read the word like the way it says it? Whoever hates his child, hates. His son, oh, hates the rod, yeah. Whoever spares the rod hates his child. Listen to me. My daddy, God, bless his heart. 
got me when he was 45 years old. Bless his heart, right? By the time it was time for me to play football, he could not throw a football, right? And, and so it is what it is. But my mama, all five foot one of that fiery Hawaiian Filipino, she never need give me the rod. You know why? She had that rock eye before the rock had his eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that Hawaiian, that firecracker, all right? Ulumaika, am I lying? Auntie Jackie, am I lying? I do something stupid. I kill car. The football, we're growing up playing football. Me and Keola Dog, right? My best friend. We have to bear crawl every a home plate. You know the home plates and all? Yeah, we have to bear crawl on our hands, on our hands. All right? And then our coach's name was Uncle Bear. All right, go figure, right? Yeah. And so we mess around with, you know, because we scrapping the huddle the day before. So you're like scrapping, you know. Today we best friends, right? It is what it is. We're bear crawling. And then my mom, she, she lovable, she all that. But she come out of the car. And she not like you soft parents today, okay? How everything is on the coaches, yeah? The coaches fall in order. Parent, you soft parents need to grow up. All right, all right, here you go. She get out of the car. And she looking towards Coach Bell's way like this. Let me tell you, she's not mad at Coach Bill. She's just looking at Uncle Bill because she, she's affirming the discipline, right? And now, you got to imagine, I haven't started lifting. We don't lift weights yet. We're Papuana, all right? And so my hand's shaking because there's nerves in my body that have not developed yet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> huh, I get helmet on, I get shoulder pads on, you know? And, and, you know, and I was a little bit more trim back then, you know? Because we had to make weight limit and all that, you know? And so, you know... And then she did looking at me, and this is what I read out of her eyes. Hawaiian, when you power with that, watch when we get home. <laughs> Some of us are soft today. CTE comes out a couple years ago, and now nobody likes to play football anymore, right? But listen to me. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. I'm not saying beat the heck out of your child. I'm just saying it's healthy to discipline your child. And if that's by the putty stick, well, putty away. And if that's timeouts, hopefully that's more for you than for the child. You guys understand what I mean, right? Discipline your child formatively and correctively. Formatively means to discipline your child in normal life skills, right? Especially in the ways of the Lord. Correctively means that children will fall short. Can I get a witness, right? Children will be immature and they will at times make bad decisions, right? Don't be shocked when they do that today, especially after this message and they're all in here, sitting in this room. The, the Bible commands us to correct that. Don't be so passive that you blow up one month later. And then you say things that you will regret 20 years down the road. I, I know this is a hot topic, right? Parenting and disciplining. But traditionally, a normal practice, practice of disciplining a child were by spanking children. Some still do that today. We do that. Hallelujah. That's our makana from the Lord. We love pa'i. Right? When we adopt our children, our three boys, uh, we, we was joking. We was joking about it, but we, but we do it. I mean, we say we're going to have a pa'i party after this. Pa'i now. Right? We're going to have it. I mean, these, these boys going to know who's daddy. Right? They're going to know who's mama. Right? We don't say the yes sir and yes ma'am in this culture. But you better know that my kid never going to call an adult by their first name. I promise you that. 
Now, some of you who don't grow up in this culture, you may not understand, so learn the culture, all right? It's the way we say ma'am and, and sir, auntie and uncle, right? That's why I fit in so much with the black community when I went to the mainland, because they do the same thing, auntie and uncle. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little shaded, you know what I'm saying at all? I mean... We have to discipline it. Look, Proverbs, it's not on the screen, but Proverbs 25 says this. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him, the Bible says that, with a rod, he will not die. Can I get a witness, right? So, so, so it's really telling you Hawaiians out there, Hawaiian at heart. No, no party your child for kill them. Spank them for discipline. If you, stri- if you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Sheol is the Hebrew word for hell. Proverbs 29, 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm giving you wisdom, Hein. I'm giving you wisdom, right? I mean, that's what it said. It literally said that the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself, listen to me, a child left to himself brings shame to his mama. Don't leave children to themselves. Hey, I'm going to go on a weekend getaway trip and all that. You guys just watch yourself. Hell No. Don't do that. I mean that literally. Don't leave your child. Have you guys ever saw the movie, Lord of the Flies? Yeah, some of you millennials maybe, yeah, but after these ex, whatever you, the next group after us, you don't know what I'm talking about. Basically, children on an island by themselves creates their own government and end up killing each other. There's wisdom. I know, I know it's funny, and I try not to be funny, but it's true. Kids left to themselves will do kid stuff. Let me get more graphic. They will be like monkeys and fly doo-doo at each other. Seriously. When mom is not looking, brother will bite the other brother and take off. Then come up with a master plan in the bathroom why he bit the mud after he locked the door. Speaking from experience, <laughs> last week, kids are flawed by themselves. 